You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Jocks and sports fans, it's Friday night. That means it's time for chaos. Let's talk at the top of this show about uh, simple pleasures. I have this new simple pleasure I want to share, and then I want to hear about everybody's simple pleasures. We got a bird feeder. We have had it for a while. Didn't really get me that excited, but we moved it to a new tree and got some bird seed, filled it up, and it is just. It's the hoppinest bird feeder in town. All the birds are talking about it. They're going crazy. And there is this one cardinal that lives in the neighborhood that just, I feel like he thinks he owns it. And he comes there and is the most beautiful bird you've ever seen. And so I have been just staring at him. Uh, I think this is what happens when you get old. You get really into birds. And uh, I feel like I'm creating a mental connection with him that at a certain point I can just put out my finger and say, come to me, cardinal. And he will land. Do undomesticated birds ever make friends with humans? Yeah. They do? Uh, yeah, like, like crows, they bring you uh, gifts and stuff. Don't they bring you marbles if you feed them enough? Really? So yeah. you say this cardinal might bring me a gift? Maybe. I don't know. I, I just want the gift crow. of friendship. Did you try well, mama well, birding some worms into his mouth? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I well, I read this the other day. Uh, birds eat worms in the morning and fruit and nuts at night. Same. Oh. So <laughs> I could I could go out there in the morning and just hold a handful of live worms up and then at night go back out there and be like, just so you know, that's from me as well. Um, but I just, I think that I want I want to get to a point where I can be like St. Fran- Francis of Assisi. Wasn't he the bird guy? And they just, they land on me and we're like, we're just friends. And he knows that I'm not going to hurt him. And, I'm, I, and I wouldn't, I don't, I, maybe I'll bring him to my house, but I just want to be that, I just want to be a bird guy. I think I can see you pleasure. transitioning into a bird guy at some point. I, you you already are there, it sounds like. I don't think there's, yeah. it's just, it's either you are or you aren't. And now you are. Yeah. We got two turtle doves that live in one of our trees. <laughs> you they're, got a they, they're inseparable. Yeah, I think you're already Four French there. hens. <laughs> I know. Next up is the four French hens. Uh, I don't know. Birds are very dirty. And some people say they're unlucky. Um, but <laughs> they're also untrustworthy. God, because I don't know if you're coming or going with birds, man. You love them, they, you hate them. They Bell. have, they're lizards. Huh. They're lizard. They have lizard brains. They do have you lizard brains. You look at brains. a bird, and it is not looking at you. It doesn't see you. Yeah, I will not stand for this bird bigotry in this conversation. <laughs> I can't. I, we, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We had a bird briefly when I was a kid. It was a parakeet. And it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, just an asshole. Here's a sad story. Split along bird lines. <laughs> I, yeah. I saw a bird last year uh, out in the yard, and uh, it looked like it was struggling. It, and I was like, I, I think that's a not a baby bird, but like an adolescent bird. And I could tell it just kept walking around, and it was chirping nonstop. And I could tell that, like it needed help. So I um, I waited until it got uh, late, and I started calling like. Uh, 
the ASPCA or just like helplines, like wild wildlife places in the area. And finally someone called me back and they were like, yeah, don't touch that bird. Meanwhile, I'd already, I'd already put it in a box and like gingerly, uh, saved. She's like, you just gotta like, you just gotta put it out there. It, it probably fell out of its nest and, uh, it's going to eventually just figure it out or not. And I was like, I feel like I can save it. Um, and so she was like, you, you got to go put it back. And so I, I took it out and I put it back and I came out the next morning and it had died. And, uh, it was, no. it was tragic. I felt horrible. And so I dug a hole and I, and I buried it and I, and I had a little ceremony for the bird. Uh, and I feel like all these birds coming back, it's, it's, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but I'm that a bird guy. This was a simple now. pleasure. It doesn't sound so I, simple yeah, anymore. Yeah, this is a simple pleasure. pleasure. This is a journey of redemption. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I don't want to go buy a bird at the store. You understand? Don't. I don't want to be that guy. I just want the Listen, all of nature to flock a bird toward store me. in this economy. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bird shortage. It's a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bird, bird guy. Don't worry about it. The bottom's falling out. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Troy. My my dad worked for many years for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and would occasionally be on the other end of those calls you're describing. And I know I've been with him when like someone would be like, "There's a bird in my lawn. Help me, sir!" And like he'd go over and be like, "Pick up this bird that had been like kind of walking in circles in their yard for a while." Be like. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling us. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll take care of them. And then as soon as, as soon as you're out of, uh, eye line, just grab it by the head and oh, <laughs> like this just is hawk it into the woods. It's like, oh God, there's, there's nothing. To, it's sad, but, but every now and then find one that you can release. All right. So but, I found a bee recently. Did I tell you about the bee? I must be going through guy. something. I'm going through like male menopause. <laughs> I found a bee and I could tell. This bee was, he was in rough shape. And I was like, come on, bee, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't have the bird situation again. So I left it out overnight. It rained, it poured. And I like, I knew it wasn't going to be all right. And so I go out the next morning. I'm like, honey, I got to, she's feeding the kids. I'm like, I got to go see the bee. She's like, what are you talking about? I slam the door and I go out there and I look at the bee and it's there. I'm like, ah, I didn't make it. And I just take a little stick and I poke him and his wings start flapping. That son of a bitch was still alive. So I'm poking him and I'm really, I'm, come on, bee, you're going to be fine, bee. And, uh, so I, I scooped him up on a little leaf and I brought him to the back and then I made some sugar water for him and I fed him. I cared for this bee for five days. It rained all five days. I came back on the sixth day. The bee made it. He flew away. He was fine. I what am learning so much about you. Yeah. Like, how many more days did it have? <laughs> that bee's going to live forever. And then later that day, I saw another bee, and he came by, and he buzzed right by me, and I was like, bet you that was him. That's the one. Just a That's little thanks. That's him. Brought him back from death. No big deal. Yep. And you I guys bring any animals back mouth. from death this week? <sighs> no. I once had a live bee in my mouth, though. <laughs> Here we go. Now I did we're not talking. know. <laughs> I was playing. I was playing some beach volleyball, and I had like my 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 can of beer set down like on the on the sand. Oh yeah. And I was playing. I came back, and I you know I was drinking. I was like, "What got in my beer?" And I spit it out, and like I spit out this bee, and it just like it hit the ground, and then it just fluttered away. Whoa! <laughs> no, like there was a live bee in my mouth. And now bee drunk, was I'm now very just you know couldn't couldn't fly in a straight line anymore. Um, yeah, 
your honey wheat ale. I feel like that's happened to me too. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any simple pleasures uh, that they're really into? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. right. Like, the uh, like sides Nora's bee cook-off? Trying to save living creatures from death. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like spending my Saturdays like two and a half hours just like watering and or like prodding my plants. You like a and usually plant at the person. same time. Like I do a tour of everything and everyone. I see what everyone needs. I water. I poke. I prune. I repot. I get another plant. Um, all the while listening to usually a podcast. And that's my old lady thing that I do. Also, another thing I love to do mm. is when like our local like Brooklyn like area local paper comes out once a month. I'll go get it from the coffee shop and I'll read it out loud to Michael standing at the, in the kitchen. I'll be like, do you want me to read you the paper? And he'll be like, yeah. And then I'll just like stand there and read the whole paper out loud. Do you find out when the next town hall is? So you can yeah. go, we need a stop Legit. sign on Main Street. <laughs> yep. My plants and I have been talking and we think it's a dangerous <laughs> intersection. Talk to me about the poking of the plants. Is that part of the... No, they love it. They, they love poking. Hey, you. Well, you just kind of like, Much you like know. these. They find it revivifying. <laughs> <laughs> you zhuzh them. You spin them around. You, you got to spin them around so that they grow evenly. They don't grow leaning towards one way unless that's what you want. Then don't mm -hmm. spin them around. I do not have a green thumb. Ross, do you have a green thumb or do you yeah. prefer some no, other? Do you collect stamps? I got a black thumb of death. No, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to keep all the plants in the house and outside the house alive. But um, I feel like these days my simple pleasure is taking walks around my neighborhood and checking in on all the neighborhood dogs. Um, just seeing like, you know, the little, the little dog that lives next door, the young corgi that lives around the block. The, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a pit bull mix up the street that is some like bizarre cocktail of dog DNA where he's jet black with one of those underbites. So is his got two little reverse vampire fangs that jet straight up <laughs> and he's like, uh, just this little underbite pal. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a, just a, uh, I'm out here like learning dogs names and forgetting the owners. That's my, that's my, uh, hobby this is what the pandemic has done it's forced us to to find new ways to entertain ourselves mm -hmm. rob what are you doing these days poking plants eating bees i uh i started i went to my uh my second ever uh open mic night uh for some stand-up comedy a little tight five it was horrifying the entire experience was abysmal. Um, I don't know. Troy, I know you, you you dipped your toes in these waters a while ago, mm -hmm. jumping from open mic to open mic. I have no idea how you did it. It's miserable. Uh, just two hours, just waiting two hours and watching people immediately talk about how terrible they were on stage. Like, just be like, oh, this isn't working. Like, it was a mantra. <laughs> and then you get up there, you get up there and you're like, I'm not going to do that. And then the first joke doesn't go over, and immediately it comes crawling up your throat like a worm that you try to stab inside your body, <laughs> mm, right? Connector. Just to bring it around. Good segue. Comes right up. You got to stop it because immediately you just want to be like, "Well, this sucks." Um, <laughs> it also probably didn't help that I decided to talk about um, solely talk about the He-Man live-action movie from 1987. Uh, <laughs> that's a good movie. That's an amazing movie. For Frank Langella plays Skeletor. He's given a performance of a lifetime. He's doing Let this be our final yeah. battle. Um, 
And I don't know if it was the right crowd to really delve deep into Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. uh, after two hours of, of open mic uh, mediocrity. <laughs> but uh, I might never do that again. We'll see. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, that's tough. My buddy had 15 minutes on Teen Wolf, and some crowds would love it. Some crowds would be like, what's Teen Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> in the news? <laughs> I asked you guys before we started today uh, what happened last week. So instead of me doing the recap, I want to hear your mishmash oh, no. jumble up of what happened. Because there was a lot that went down. Um, yeah. So. Let's let's try and remember. The, the, Rob, you mentioned the, the the throat worm. There was obviously mm-hmm. some worm vomiting. There was a throat worm. Yes. Uh, Feruz took some damage to her face from the acidic juices on this larvae. Right. Yeah. The I think worm. the episode started where we found Trinidad deceased. Yes, you know, Trinidad that Rizzo, the uh, graduate assistant. And then followed a trail of gross whatever to what we saw was a fire, a trash fire. Yes. And yeah, it was a tense moment. You didn't know what you were going to run in the into. professor's office, I believe. Oh yes. no, was the trash fire was in a closet? Or it was something? in like a janitor's closet. It was a distraction and, yeah. trash fire. Jackson yes. Elias was there. Yeah, distraction That's right. trash fire. Jackson Elias had been coaxed away from the from the um, from the professor's office by the same fire that we had followed. And so then when we, when we hot footed it back to the, to the, to the uh, professor, he had a bunch of, uh, opalescent goo on his face. Oh, right. right. He kissed me. He kissed right. me. Uh, which I attempted to stab. Mm-hmm. In his body, while it was in his body. We saw yeah. critters crawling <laughs> under his flesh. <laughs> it made <laughs> it sense out. at the time. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I made an incision. Did I make an incision for the thing? I believe was, you guys did try surgery and mm-hmm. failed, and it made him, it was, you failed For so poorly, reason. it made him vomit, and this thing just Don't know why. came out and then was looking for a new host. Right. Yeah, which was not going to be my mouth. No, and no, it tried, though, and that came, tried. I'll be honest, from behind the screen, that came a lot closer than I thought it would uh, to entering <laughs> you, and then someone else would have to slice it out of you. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, and One then rules. character smacked yeah. it with a lamp. That's right. The old lamp to the face. Yep. Yeah. Took it out. And then didn't Ross just put like a cup over it at the end? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a standard move. Just like this teeny old super guy. Just yeah. right over it. <laughs> just a teeny. Yeah, no, it died. And you were like, I'm not taking any chances. Let's put the cup over it. Mm. Um, so then uh, Jackson Elias said, I'll. I'll hang back here and like get some medical attention to him. We got to deal with this body downstairs. I know people around here. I'll take care of this. What is your plan? And then you guys were like, we should look into De Mendoza. Yeah, because yes. uh, Margot found the book. Yes. That had that passage that talked about Mendoza being alive like way the fuck long time ago. Hundreds yeah. of so years like, ago when the conquistadors came. Yes. Yeah. Back in the, yeah, 16th yeah, the diary century. of Gaspar Figueroa. Yeah. That's and right. it's a good rule of thumb when you're about to embark on a camping expedition with somebody to make sure they're not an ageless vampire. Yeah. So that's just standard procedure. Yeah. Minimum. Uh, so yeah, you were kind of blown away when you read that. Cause you're like, is this the same to Mendoza? Um, Oh yeah. Just also there was like what we discerned was maybe a chunk of the gold from the underground passages of the step pyramid we're headed towards. And it looked as though there was some burned flesh on it, as yes. if as if contact with it had had lit a blaze. Whoever had uh, 
had touched it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like someone had tried to touch it because there was this box that looked like it had been ripped open and that thing was sticking out. It did give the appearance that someone went to grab it, but this gold singed their skin. And then you made some connection between this chunk and something you read in the diary, if you remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if I showed this during the stream, um, but I will uh, show it now. Uh, you'll see the gold artifact from the museum, and it has all those little uh, symbols on it and little things coming out. It's just a chunk. It looks like it belongs to something uh, larger. We left that back there, right? We didn't actually. No, take no, it. I, I think you no, took but it. I'm, no, we didn't take it, no, but okay. I made a charcoal. Uh, Thing of it, right. we were terrified yeah. of it burning our hands. Yes, or being cursed. But in right. hindsight, maybe we should grab it. Well, um, you 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 do have at least one day before this uh, caravan leaves. But more importantly, you went back to Hotel España, which you're, where you're not staying. Where Larkin and De Mendoza are staying. Mm-hmm. You ran into uh, the kindly old woman who works there, uh, Petronila Cupatina, and uh, she informed you that they're staying on the fourth floor. Um, that, uh, you, I think you determined that Demondoza wasn't there, right? That like, oh no, he left. Yeah, we were going to try to snoop, uh, because we didn't want to lead on. We're just going to play dumb and not lead on that we know any of this information going in. See how he reacts. So you go upstairs, you break into his room and he's not there. Um, it's spotless. Looks like it hasn't even been used. There's no luggage, no anything. Although as you're searching the mattress, you find this mirror, that's kind of in the shape of a mask. Very, very strange uh, artifact. And Margot looks into it. And, and this is my favorite part of my notes. See some visions. <laughs> and I, I want to hear how you wrote these notes down, because they're it's pretty it spot on. fine. Uh, ancient stepped pyramid on plateau. Pyramid breaks apart and crumbles. White tendrils with maggots reaching out from remains of pyramid. Cover whole mirror. Maggots go away. Maggots reform on ground. Turn into people dancing. Thousands of people orgies, killing blood orgy. Thousands of people blood orgy on mountain. Which, incidentally, is how I felt after that open mic. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Comedy open mics are true Cyclopean eldritch horror. It's just like, Mm -hmm. the walk home was not great. You always have to make a sanity check after. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now... Coming to the stage, you've seen him in the center of the universe dancing to the panoply of mad pipers that <laughs> rend, rend chaos itself. <laughs> it's the crawling chaos. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> you ever noticed how when you behold a space so infinitely large that you feel so small in comparison it breaks your brain? Anybody? Am I the only one? <laughs> anyway, kids, right? <laughs> After uh, Margot has this uh, trip Fellas. through maggots and orgy land, uh, you come back and you're like, adjoining room over here. This must be Larkin's room. Why don't we go snoop in there as well or take a peek? Let's take a peek. The door is unlocked. You open it up and you see a room in complete disarray. You're smacked in the face by that eau de cologne, that like overwhelming stank that you smelt at the bar Cordano when you were meeting with him and de Mendoza and met uh, Jackson Elias for the first time, then Jesse Hughes. Um, and you see Larkin just snoozing in a chair with his shirt half open, 
uh, those those black veins and blackness coming up his arms and this tattoo of like some spiral and creature holding the spiral and we ended last week's episode with Larkin's eyes opening so we'll pick up there and you see him sort of struggle for a moment to figure out where where he is almost you just see him like what did you did did I did you ring did I let you in and he's kind of looking in the direction of this doorway where you're all standing did I let did you ring did I let you in uh, we we were we were knocking for you and, and didn't hear anything for quite some time, so I just wanted to make sure you were all right. Concierge told us that you were uh, up here, old boy, and then no one was responsive. <laughs> it seemed like it was only the gentleman's uh, best duty to come in and see how you were faring. <laughs> My God, man, have you have you seen a bath in a number of weeks? And now he's coming to do a little bit quicker, but he's still very slow, and he's he's buttoning his shirt up, and he's he's pulling his sleeves down, and then you see him reach across the table to like a uh, bedside table, and just open up a drawer and push some bottles, very small bottles with a liquid inside, in them, and it's like, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I must, I must look a mess. I was just, I was just napping, just trying to rest. I haven't. I haven't been feeling well. Is, is everything all right? Um, I, I was I, I, I was assuming I wouldn't see you until until Monday. Uh, aren't we? While whoever tomorrow? responds, can I try to just steal one of those files? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know what you can do is see if you can do a spot hidden to see if you can see anything about the vials before he shoves them in. And mm, depend- okay. if you roll a regular success, I'll let you know. Something about the bottles. A hard success. I'll say one fell to the floor, and you kind of kick it back into your room so you can okay. grab it. I rolled a forty-four under seventy-five. Nice. Ooh. All right. So that's a, a regular success. I will yes. say it says um, in Spanish, uh, "heroína," heroin. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Heroina. I'm sure that's exactly how you pronounce it in Spanish. So. Does it... Don't call it. Does it look like it, though? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. What? It's, a, it's a liquid. It's, it, it, it looks like... Do you know heroin? Uh, it looks like <laughs> liquid heroin. I mean, it just, it's... I think back then... Can heroin be a liquid, too? I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, yeah, you want to go ahead. It was probably it was probably in soda. Hold on, let me make some phone calls. It was in schoolhouses everywhere. <laughs> hey, Coca Cola, not with heroin. heroin be liquid? Siri, uh, how do you uh, do heroin? Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a little tiny bottle. It says heroina and it's liquid, and and now you see these marks on his arms, and I think you even noted afterwards when you were thinking about his state at the Bar Cardano that like he seemed like he was going through withdrawal, and so it all adds up. He's yeah. might be some kind of an addict. Okay. Well, I'll I'll still pick it up. I'm not. I'm I'm a little suspicious. I'll, I'll pocket one of them if I. Can try. Uh, yeah, you want to do like a uh, sleight of, of hand? Yeah, yeah. Just see. Okay. Go back and party at your hotel. 
I rolled an 18 under 60. Looks like you just got some heroin. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Add that to my possessions. (laughs) Hey, what'd you guys do Friday night? Well, Nora got some heroin and played Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, All right, so now now he's kind of... He, he's 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 trying to gather himself, but all of his motions are slow. He's very like slow to the go, and he's like, "Well, I um, I, I this I'm 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 a right mess at the moment. Perhaps you could just um, uh, give me uh, let let me be, and we will we will speak on uh, speak on Monday. I'm I'm embarrassed to look like this. I wasn't expecting any 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 visitors, and he seems really okay. agitated. He's not being rude, um, mm-hmm. but he kind of embarrassed, kind of not all there." Yes, of course, no doubt. Uh, travel exhaustion or something. What? Ah, nothing to be ashamed of, old boy. Um, you haven't seen Mendoza round, have you? Mendoza, no, no. I, I, I saw him earlier. We had, uh, we, we had, uh, we had lunch, and then uh, we went our separate ways. I wasn't feeling well, um, and so I, I, I've, I've been here for the for the greater part of the afternoon. Must have my strength, obviously, for this expedition ahead. So. I haven't seen him, no. Um. I'm wondering while all this is going on and everyone's talking, if Margot can, like, maybe try to be more perceptive just based on Larkin and roll, like, a psychology check on him since he seems, like, out of it and then irritated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Psychology is the perfect role um, to kind of find out is someone hiding information from you or are they lying or are they being pur- purposely obtuse? Also, real quick, did, were we supposed to do, like, a luck thing to see if we can, just in case this affects Kate's role? Ah, uh, yes. After, I, I had it in my notes, and I totally forgot. Obviously, beginning of the session, uh, we uh, roll to see if we get luck back. Um, so, yeah, Kate, before you do that roll, just in case you want to use some luck on this roll, uh, everyone roll a luck check. And I forget. It's a D10. <laughs> well, shit. If you right? pass it, no, first you roll a D100 against your luck, and then I think you have to get over your luck. And if you do, then you get a D10 back. Okay. Okay. Um, nice. I did. If I'm incorrect, Ooh, let me know in the chat. I did. Oh, you did? You guys rolled <laughs> over, so you failed, yeah. and now you succeed by getting D10's worth of luck back. D10. A D10? Sick. Mm-hmm. All right, I got six points. Ooh! Rob, eight. have you uh, hit the luck bonus yet? Um, I Remind me now, uh, <laughs> with these dice, I've got all zeros. Oh. Is that a zero or is that a hundred? That's a 100. So, yeah, okay. you uh, you get a D10 back because you failed. Right. And, uh, Ross, did you, uh, what'd you roll against your luck? I, uh, I rolled oh, um, a 70 over over uh, 45. Great. And then I rolled a 10. I, my D10 scored me a nine. So. Oh, beautiful. Nice. Nice. Uh, Kate and Margo got eight. And then, Rob, what'd you end up getting? I got a five. Beautiful. The luck economy is flowing like wine. Uh, it's flowing like heroin. Uh, <laughs> Kate, give me that psychology roll. All right. Trying to deduce their motives and see if they're hiding something from us. Uh, ooh, I think that's 32 under 50. Okay. Sick. Regular success. You get the sense that... You you almost don't get the sense that he's lying so much as there's like blind spots in what he's talking about. And so 
if he's being duplicitous at all, it's because he seems unsure about certain things. If that makes sense, like he's he's so out of sorts. Um, you don't know if he's purposefully lying or just kind of uh, unaware of uh, some of the things he's talking about. Are you sure that you're going to be okay tomorrow? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm sure I will be. I'm certainly will be fine by by Monday. I'll, I'll take the entire day tomorrow. This malaria, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, it is, it is. Uh, I've been a lifelong disease, and when it when it picks up, it it, uh, it gets quite bad. And he's like catching his arms. Oh, is, is, is that the reason why your friend Mendoza isn't around? We also knocked on his door. Um, uh, what, what do you mean? What? what? Well, we wanted to see that you were all right. So we went to go see if he knew where you were. Yes, as I said, we, we had lunch and then we went our separate ways. I'm sure he's he's out and about. He has friends here in town. Uh, I, 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 know, I, know, I know that I'll see him on Monday morning. I, I, I trust him. I trust him implicitly. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't worry about uh, de Mendoza and I wouldn't worry about me either. I'll be fine. Um, but right now I... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly embarrassed by the my room is a mess here. I, 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 I wasn't expecting guests. I, 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 I don't remember how you got in here, uh, but uh, I, I am fine. You don't have to worry uh, about me. I, I, I know I, I must look uh, a fright, but I will I will be uh, clean and polished uh, for our journey on Monday. Uh, every, is everything else uh, going well? You 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 um, you spent some time at the uh, the college today, yes. Was that your plan? Did I know that that was your plan? <laughs> Did you share that? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember, but let's say yes. Oh, uh, I believe Mr. Elias had, had mentioned that he had uh, he had a friend there. Um, so I uh, did you did you did you escort him there? Did we escort Jackson Elias? Mr. Elias has some uh, friends. Oh, not uh, Mr. Hughes, rather. I wouldn't know his real name. It's Mr. Hughes. Gosh, Mr. Does. Hughes, it is. He's I'm sorry. Knowing. He knows everything. I'm all fucked up. Anyways, how was your day? What did you do today? Perhaps I don't uh, know. <laughs> did it involve Mr. Hughes? <laughs> oh, nothing. Uh, it was just a very eventful day. Yes, well. Um, just getting a little brief history. Yes, we're sitting and trying to catch up, old man. Hmm. Um, in the midst of all this, is he? He's pulled his himself together t- to conceal his tattoo again. Yeah, he's like tried to button himself up, and you still see like a little blackness above the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just he had his shirt like wide open. Okay, I mean, if he knows that we were in there and it was open, mm-hmm. then a part of me is like, just why not? Just be like, um, uh, throw a bit of work there on your chest, old boy. Saw something like it, um. Uh, on a sailor in uh, Rotterdam. What um, what do you have there? The uh, uh, Queen Mary, some ship of the line, anchor. I, uh, this is going to sound a bit embarrassing, but uh, I, frankly, I do not know. I uh, I had some uh, rather wild days in my youth that I'm not particularly proud of, and I cannot pinpoint where I got this. Um, just become a part of me at this point and uh, as much as I regret uh, those times in my life I, uh, I, 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 I like the reminder of a more carefree time uh, 
Obviously, it would be nice if it wasn't so uh, large. Uh, a simple butterfly on the small of my back would have been better, but instead <laughs> it's this this giant thing, and uh, I, I am embarrassed, but I don't know. I don't know what it signifies, or even when or how I got it. <laughs> well, if you do happen to have a butterfly in the small of your back, then your eyes aren't the ones that can be trusted to tell you that it's there. Yes, <laughs> Perhaps well, I, you do have one. I suppose yes. you'll need two mirrors or a trusted friend to tell you otherwise. Yes, well, I, I, I lived a rather uh, a wild, wild, wild life, I guess you could say. I didn't, I didn't follow in the footsteps of the family business, so they, um, they think of me as a bit of a wastrel. And uh, so I think when you grow up uh, having your parents and your family think of you that way, you tend to embody those things. I didn't want to be a railway man like my father and my grandfather. I wanted to do other things. So um, that is why this expedition is so important to me, is I feel like it's finally something that I can, I can, I can, I can do on my own. I can strike out on my own and, and do something that, that gives meaning to me and not just something that I was expected to do. Uh, the flip side of that is that it was a, a long road to get there, and uh, like all of us, I'm sure, I have some things that I uh, regret. Uh, but as for this, uh, I just, it's not something I show off, but I, uh, I'm sure a day will come when I will determine the meaning and why, why I have it. <laughs> Well, if, if your family could see you now, they would just be like, wow, <laughs> so proud. <laughs> yes, well, they don't. They don't speak to me any longer, though they are good to always send me a check at the end of the month. I've stopped cashing them, to be honest. I think it's rude. I'd rather have their affection than their money, but... No matter. We won't need any of that. Once we finish this expedition, we will be uh, rich beyond our wildest dreams. Uh, but I am I, I am feeling a bit, a bit out of sorts. So I'm just going to uh, bid adieu to you for the evening. And uh, you, you have the day to yourself tomorrow. But remember, 8 a.m. sharp Monday morning, uh, we will... Uh, we will meet, the trucks will arrive, and we will head uh, in the direction of Puno. Uh, and then from there, we will uh, switch to pack animals for the rest of the journey uh, to the area beyond Lake Titicaca. Any questions? <laughs> no, I don't no. think so. Uh, a thousand pardons for the interruption, old man. <laughs> no, no, it's it's quite all right. It's, it's, it's good for us to get to know each other. It's just... Um, We'll, we'll, we'll talk more on the road. This is... I was not expecting visitors, as you can see. Um, I promise I keep a cleaner... Uh, a cleaner self on the road um, when I'm around other people. Um, but uh, have a wonderful night, and I will uh, I will see you on Monday morning, uh, Mr. Mendoza and I. Yes. Hmm. And he... Uh, kind of starts to get up to usher you out, and then falls back into his chair, and is just like... Get the fuck out. <laughs> Gives you the, old, the international sign for, please get the fuck out. I'm on heroin. Yeah. <laughs> this is heroin time. This is the worst come down ever. <laughs> what, you really yeah. killed his buzz. Um, so, a weird interaction there. Um, obviously, he was under the influence, but as Margot uh, sussed out from that psychology role, eh, something's not right. 
Um, How do you get a tattoo like that and not remember it? Um, mm-hmm. But he did seem genuine. Um, are the holes in his memory related to the drugs? I don't know. It's just a weird guy. Um, does he have malaria or is he lying about the malaria and he's just an addict? You know, whether or not this guy is involved in a death cult, uh, yet another reason to give you pause about this. Um, so what do you want to do now? Call it, call it a night, grab a drink at the bar. Your buddy, uh, Carter is down there on his third Pisco Sour. Yeah, we should definitely go down there and at least fill him in over a glass. Mm -hmm. All right, you head downstairs and uh, Cupertina is there and she waves. Hello. And uh, you roll up to the bar with a fresh jar of heroin. (laughs) It's Saturday (laughs) night in Lima. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever been to Peru? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. uh, as soon as we all reconvene, uh, I'm just going to like, like just forgetting that there's a bunch of people nearby, just set it down on the counter and just be like, that man was goofy on the devil snake juice. <laughs> <laughs> the bartender thinks it's a tip, grabs it, smiles. Eat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That guy was goofy on the devil snake juice. <laughs> You guys want, you guys I just want to reiterate. That means absolutely nothing. An actual like, I, I have a thing for the for the slang of nineteen twenties, and I didn't find anything, so I just made something up. Oh, that yeah, works. That's the only reason you took the heroin. <laughs> I was like, oh, this this terminology thing has uh, failed me. You guys walk in, and, and there's several um, empty cocktail glasses in front of Carter and he's trying to, he's staring at like a cocktail napkin and really trying to turn it into like a paper airplane of some kind and then he sees you guys like guys, yeah, I've been keeping eyes wide open for uh, de Mendoza hasn't come by yet uh, but my, you know, just eagle vision the whole time here these drinks are killer, by the way (laughs) you guys really gotta, what happened up there? Oh, good to see that we're being kept overwatched by the redoubtable Mr. Tillinghast. Head on a swivel and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, don't let the, 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 the porcelain left eye fool you. The right eye sees. What is it about uh, when you lose a sense, the other sense comes back? I lost half my vision, but then somehow doubled my vision with one eye. So, so you're back anyway, to these square drinks one. Are great. Is that heroin? <laughs> yes. Some diabolical snake venom here. <laughs> Found this up in Larkin's room. Whoa. Scores of it junkie, all eh? over the place. Seems the old man's some sort of hophead. He's, He's on, on the, the, dev- the devil's room. The, the, the devil's snake juice. The devil's snake juice. That's the stuff. Drinking it straight from the fang, he was. <laughs> wow. Now, now, okay. everyone, everyone knows that um, heroin in, in a proper dosage and applied by a physician is absolutely harmless. But I grew up on it. Who didn't? <laughs> what, mo- what, what self-respecting mother didn't rub heroin or morphine on a child's gums when they got a little... Yeah, just uh, sprinkle a little in the morning life. eggs. Yeah, scramble mm-hmm. them up. Yes. Uh, now... <laughs> Yeah, you guys went into Mendoza's room. I'm sure you did that very uh, cautiously and left no trace of your entrance, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> did you fail your locksmith roll and just kick it down? Yeah. I think we yes. did. I think we did. did. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that'll be... Um... God, you guys. Just but the room seemed... In the con what game. is he going to do? What is he going like to do? There. Confront us? Like, for... Well, seemed like the place was cleared out, except for that mask. For- 
Fortune smiled on us, Tillinghast. There's nobody home. Doesn't look like the man's been in there the entire time. And Fresh as you get into um, into Homeboy's room. What's his name for shit? Uh, <laughs> yes, Homeboy. Oh, Lark- yeah, how'd you get into to Larkin's room? You probably just went back outside and knocked on his outside door, right? Mm, yeah, uh, simple matter mm. of turning the knob, old boy. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, so you entered his room from Dimendoza's room? Yeah. Yes. Got it. Okay, all right. So, so you see how one might... Uh, assume that you had broken into De Mendoza's room and that can be corroborated by no. Larkin. He was no, not no, on no, the heroin. No. Oh, the heroin, right. Okay. He All was right. knocked out. All right. It's just always good to have a plan B, C, D, and E. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, I, well we are going to exhaust the alphabet of plans, I think, because the okay. leader of our little expedition <gasps> is, is high on snake venom half the time. There are more holes in his memory than. <laughs> A piece of Helvetic cheese. <laughs> so do you That's... Americans just, like, bring heroin out with you just ev- everywhere? Like, we're going to have... Yeah, heroin and guns. Carts you of just heroin walk for Larkin, and that's just what you do? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So Marco oh, believes I... that this is totally normal. Writes that what down sort of expedition are we setting out on? Run by a man whose whose who's brain has been drilled to bits by snake juice, uh, in the in the company or lack of company of a of a person who's looking more and more is wrapping his eel-like lips around the mouth of our friend. Well, I would like to know what's going on with this Mendoza chap and in the heat. Mm-hmm. And Larkin, there seems to be so many holes in his memory. I really, truly think he does not know what he does not know. His tattoo, he does not know when, why, how he got it. Either that I believe or he's him. not telling us. It's definitely not encouraging since I feel like he said that he had no written map, that he had it all up in his head. Oh, so he did? Right. If it's Helvetic cheese up there, I don't know what's... I don't know what we're, where we're going. Well, the spaces where there are no holes, there's a lot of information. He remembers lots of specific things when there are no holes. Hmm. Huh. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it still could lead us... any, Even if it's a small chance, he leads us to some sort of uh, riches. Uh, I mean, I've got nothing better to do right now. So you're hanging out there, talking, going over uh, everything that you did up there, catching Carter up on things, and realizing that Carter was probably the perfect person to go up there and do the uh, breaking and entering uh, (laughs) as you get to know each other. Um, And eventually, uh, Elias shows up. Uh, Obviously, that was a faux pas on my part. As far as Larkin and de Mendoza know, his name is Jesse Hughes. but uh, obviously, you know, at this point, he revealed to you that his real name is Jackson Elias. Um, and he comes back and, and he tells you that he uh, uh, he 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 had uh, what's his name? The professor, uh, Professor Nemesio Sanchez is in the hospital and he is in stable condition um, in spite of the botched surgery uh, and the larva that was uh, eating away uh inside of him uh obviously uh trinidad uh, rizzo is dead um the police uh yeah, i mean he he didn't tell them that like oh uh, possibly a vampire killed her but the police were 
very confused as to the state of the body, um, and that just... He kind of talked it away, but you can see in his face, he's like... He's got a completely different complexion now, because this is a guy that doesn't believe in any of this stuff. Um, and even though he saw Trinidad's body, he still... He still has a hard time making these connections. Um, however, he he comes up and he's like, "So I um, I was looking over the uh, the uh, the diary of, uh, of Figueroa. Uh, did you take that with you, or did you leave it?" Um, I I guess if, we could have left it with him if if you, you, you if you didn't leave it. it with him, but uh, if you took it either way, he could have been like, "I was thinking about it." Um, and, uh, or if you did leave it, then he took it, uh, with him. And he says, uh, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be important to us. And he pulls out that, uh, gold chunk that was in the box. He's like, I don't, I don't know why, but when you read, uh, Figueroa's note, it seems like, uh, it, it was it was a, it was a section of gold that they pried out that caused these problems. Perhaps this was that section. So whether we need it or not, I don't want to get all the way there and not have it. I, I'm holding it, and I, it's not doing anything to me. Um, but I, I feel like this is something we may need. Now, is it the the section that was torn out? Does this have anything to do with anything? I don't know, but I just wanted to make sure that we had our, our bases covered. So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this with us. I'm bringing the diary. Um, what did you learn about uh, De Mendoza and Larkin? And then you just give the whole spiel to him like you did to Carter. Um, and he's like... So what's the plan? Do we just... We just meet on Monday. As as planned, right? I mean, he has the trucks. If we try to organize that ourselves, it's going to be costly. We could always take a, a ship down uh, to a city and then take the rail down. But if, if, if Larkin goes uh, with his normal plan, he'll get there before us. Uh, we have to go, but I want to know what you think is the safest route. I don't know if it's this, what the safest route is, but this feels like the only route to me. I mean, unless someone else has intricate knowledge of Peru, I think we got a tailgate. With, tailgate? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> we'll do a tailgate uh, at seven before the <laughs> we start tailgating off. with the heroin in the parking lot <laughs> of the hotel. I, I think, like I said before, if we could just play dumb, it would be our safest bet. We have one more day to prepare. And keeping them close is, is a, may perhaps a damn sight better than getting there and being at odds with them. All right. Um, then, then business as usual. Unless we, unless anything different happens tomorrow, we'll, 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 we'll meet at 8 a.m. We'll keep our eyes and our ears open. And, uh... Real quick. Head uh, to Puno. Mr. Elias, um, do you have any uh, knowledge of, let's say hypothetically, mm. this de Mendoza is the same Mendoza from the the journal? I just have a hard time believing that. But sure, let's I'm just sure. let's just go down this road sure, briefly. Sure. Do you know from all of your readings if there's anything written about how? To best defend yourself against a, a Kala, what's it, Kalasiri? Kari Siri. Kari Siri. Um, is there anything, just, just to have something in the back pocket, 
were things to take uh, an improbable turn into the fantastic. So I, I don't know anything of that. I, I do know that, that people speak of these things, especially once we leave civilization, once we leave Lima and enter the less civilized areas like Puno. I will say this. When I spent some time over in Lake Titicaca, I uh, met a woman, uh, a healer, if you will, in, 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 in her community, a woman by the name of Nayara. And uh, she is... Uh, looked up to by her people and we struck up a friendship and she believes in, in all of these things as well uh, let's seek her out when we get there I'm sure uh, Mr. Larkin has made accommodations for us in Puno uh, at least for the night when we arrive before we head out uh, on the overland journey through the uh, highlands to get to the area of this pyramid um, so when we arrive we'll just go off on our own meet with Nayar and ask her this question. I don't think we'll have to worry about it, but I certainly think she could give us more information. I mean, she was one of many people that spoke to me about the Kari-Siri, and she was even one of the ones that said that de Mendoza was a Kari-Siri. So whatever the, the reality is of this situation, I think she will be able to provide us with uh, important, important uh, information. Okay, yes, now, I suppose so. I'm no more credulous than you, Mr. Elias, but I don't believe any of this immortal Mendoza rot for a moment, but what matters is if they believe it, and it's best to know what we're walking into so that we can use this folklore and fairy tales to our advantage. Hmm? Absolutely. You know, if they say they fly on bat wings and shoot fire out of their mouth, maybe they just attack from the trees and use guns any any information we get uh, we'll have to interpret in a way that can help us and, and one more thing our, our friend uh, um, Tillinghast raised an interesting point it seems as though the mind of Mr. Larkin uh, has some uh, shall shall we say syncopes what um what I'm saying is if, if his mind is the only map we've got to this uh, pyramid then I'd be a damn sight more confident if I had one on paper parchment, deer skin, or bronze. Yes. Is there is there an actual map to be found anywhere? No. However, with this diary that we have, and Nyara's help, I think if worse came to worse, we'll be able to find out all the information we need should Larkin lose himself. I feel confident in that. So we're good. I... I just realized it would be so awful if Larkin died and we were stuck alone with Mendoza. Ooh. <laughs> right. Right this way. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, and this is what Elias told you from the start. He's like, I think we're being led into danger. But what you do have is numbers. Um, and the fact that Elias has spent some time here already, he has connections. Larkin has connections as well. Um, so... Let's see how it all unfolds. We'll say we, we fade out of that scene for the night and uh, we open up on Sunday. You've got 24 hours before you need to meet uh, for the, at the rendezvous point outside of the Hotel Espana. Um, is there anything you want to do before you meet with Larkin or do you want to uh, jump forward to the next day? M Monday. Right now it's Sunday. Do we want to try to get our hands on some local maps? 
like as bu- as much as we can for as a backup. I was wondering that too because it also sounds like we're on our way there, stopping at a town before actually going out into the jungle, and maybe that town might have more local information yeah. about this than this town does. Yeah, and it's very easy uh, for you to get uh, these maps. Um, and if you remember uh, what Larkin showed you at uh, dinner that night, uh, this is the map that he showed you. Now, you don't have access to this, but you do remember that the ruins are somewhere south of Puno, south of Lake Titicaca, according to his adult mind. Um, so you could absolutely uh, go into a, a gift shop, get a, a map of <laughs> Peru, a map of uh, the area here, and uh, even get a more detailed map if you wanted to. Um, but generally, you think once you get to Puno, it's just got to head south. Head to a head south to an area where no one else goes because the locals are afraid uh, of the legends of that area. I feel like I, unless we do something together, I definitely want to um, get like a knife because <laughs> I don't have <laughs> like, any self-defense of my own and like I don't feel like I can fully trust everything that they give me. Um, That's a good point. I also have no uh, uh, weapon. And now that we are suspecting this man of being immortal if or just a horrible person, it might be good to have some sort of... Uh, armament. Yeah, acquiring a gun, you would all know, is going to be tricky. Uh, You're in a foreign territory, you're not locals, Um, you'd be caught up in uh, a lot of paperwork and bureaucracy. Mm. You wouldn't have enough time to get a gun by tomorrow morning, Uh, but but certainly a sword or a knife. uh, A sword? Jesus, I wasn't expecting (laughs) that to be the the alternative. You're going through the jungle, get a machete or something. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be suspicious. Yeah, Yeah. and that wouldn't raise any suspicion. Um... (laughs) So, yeah, that's a smart idea if you guys want to go to the... There's a store called Knives, Knives, Knives uh, right across from the hotel. Uh, and they have uh, all sorts of knives. Um, you could certainly get a machete or a, a combat knife, um, yeah. whatever you want, and it wouldn't raise any eyebrows. I also do have a compass. We could use that for, as a weapon. Uh, that we could <laughs> just throw it at somebody. Um, you know, for in case we need to map our way out alone. Yeah. And part of me is like, um, maybe Villiers has a kind of a, a sickening thought that like, if, um, like perhaps, um, as much as the brain keeps bringing you back to ridiculous supernatural ideas, maybe the hold that Mendoza has over Larkin is just, perhaps he's just his supplier of, um, of, uh, of the devil's poppy. Uh, if I could, so maybe uh, Villiers just wants to get some, like, cough medicine or something so that, like, in a pinch, he's got something to turn the screws on Larkin if, uh, if things get desperate. Ah, Stay so you want to head down to, uh, maybe the less reputable areas of Lima and see if H-town. you can score some H. Yeah, <laughs> score some... Okay. Um... Obviously the streets call it the devil's snake juice. Yeah. Right. You want to get the devil's snake juice now. Um, oh, this is the first for uh, any TTRPG I've played. Going, We're going on a... <laughs> Just well, a now sl- we need to know what the Spanish translation of that is, because that's what they would call it. Heroina. <laughs> oh, the yeah. El Diablo's Juice de Snake. Juego de Diablo, probably. Yeah. Hugo, Hugo del Diablo. 
Yeah, I think it's Fugo. Fugo? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you're you're trying to buy illegal drugs. Obviously, this is a... Uh, also very uh, dangerous. Is there an illegal <laughs> drug skill? No? Uh, well, this is what yeah, I'm looking what at, because I'm curious here. I think you're going to be able to score it, but it's always fun to roll well, dice. is that like a fast talk? What is a... Well, here's the thing. You don't speak Spanish, and right. uh, you've got to first see if you can find a uh, drug oh. dealer in that this, speaks In this Spanish. year, would it not be... And this is my own ignorance. Is it possible that I might be able to procure, maybe not heroin, but a... But, like, over-the-counter drugs that would contain opiates that could be... Uh, that might, oh, oh yeah. even though they might not have the same potency as like the devil's snake juice, right? Something like that, or at least that. like, like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Why not? I'm sure there's something. It's not going to have that potency, like you said. I uh, also, I also have as a as a con man, I have suggested contacts, other confidence artists, or freelance criminals. I don't know. If it's still the language barrier is an issue. Then there. why would we? Why would we just go to the drugstore if we've got if we've got if we've got contacts? Who can it's get the twenties. Yeah. Let's do it. You're right. Yeah. All right. Well, here I'm curious. Like you obviously have your circle back in uh, Manchester by the sea. Uh, do they have any contacts that run deep into Lima? I'm sure. Okay. That's pro- no. Give me no, a. You know, maybe you do. Give me a luck roll just for the hell of it. Uh, you just got to roll under your luck, and if you do, then I want to hear the story of how you happen to know somebody out here, like before you left town. I ju- I missed it by about six points. Okay. Oh, use your luck. Can you use luck? Use the luck? luck to do this. Oh, luck. <laughs> <laughs> it might be worth it just because it's fun. It's so perverse. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah. All right, I'll spend, so uh, thank you. What is that? Six points because I rolled a seventy-four. Yep. Above right, sixty-eight. So- Burn six points of luck, and explain to me how before you left uh, Massachusetts, someone told you like I, I got a buddy, I got a cousin. How do you know? How do you know some dirty, no good scum? Okay, all right. So, so my wife um, is an elderly woman. Uh, I'll just, let's just get it out there. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to, uh, you know, suck her dry of her money. And mm-hmm. so, you're the vampire. Yes, in a way, I'm a fiscal vampire. <laughs> um, so uh, she, um, despite refusing to uh, die, uh, is still you know, you know an elderly person in the twenties. They're pumping her full of narcotics. She's and, living out uh, of spite. I've become very friendly with uh, her physician because I'm constantly every time he visits, I'm immediately I'm like waiting outside, like nervously. <laughs> twiddling my fingers and he, he walks out I was like so she's I mean she's got to be on death's door right I mean she I mean, she, she doesn't have much long god I can barely keep myself together doc is she gonna make it or not <laughs> he's just like yeah it's another cold she's fine <laughs> whatever but um, he's like at, at some point in passing he's like man the stuff I'm getting out of Lima from this one dude uh, it's just <laughs> doing the trick for her it's really keeping her alive so maybe there's some resentment also going on right now inside of me <laughs> Um, and he just, you know, randomly probably said this person's name. Um, and, uh, and now here we are. Okay. That's the flashback. I like that. So (laughs) when, when, uh, Vaughn brings up this idea, it's like, maybe I could score something. You, it rings a bell in your head. Like, I know a guy. Wait a minute. I know that guy who's somehow keeping my wife alive, which is great, by the way. Very thankful for his work. Uh, in, 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 in harvesting whatever these narcotics are, we could probably find this bro and 
score some pre. I mean, I'm talking. It's probably primo. I mean, it's going to some rich white lady in Massachusetts. You know, it's good. Uh, all right, so that uh, that successful luck roll uh, allows you to find this guy and score these, score exactly what you need with the same Correct. exact potency. So you get legitimate heroin from him. Um, <laughs> Great Sunday, by the way. Just buying knives right. and heroin. Knives, <laughs> machetes, and heroin. You yeah. know? Great. No time for church. Uh, it's either this or go to the 1920s Lima version of Coachella. <laughs> and, uh, uh, any other business you want to complete today before you start your big trip tomorrow with these possible death cultists? <laughs> did, did we say that, uh, and forgive me if I missed it, did we say that um, uh, Professor uh, uh, Sanchez is still alive? Sanchez is still alive. He's in stable condition uh, at uh, the local hospital. I want to go to him. Okay. If I can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's and I'd love to take uh um flowers. Yes, I would like to take flowers and That's Margo. Nice. That's just nice. Flowers and Margo. Um okay. Uh but anyway, that's and I'll I don't know, I'll is because I'd like Margo with her artistic talent to make do a caricature of Mendoza. I want to know <laughs> if this was the person who did it. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. So you go to what? the hospital and uh, 40 chess. Just at happens first she to be- scoffs at you for asking for a character, but character. But then she sees you want realistic personification of art mm-hmm. of a person, capture their essence to really show someone who they are. Yes, however you wish to put it, a character. You can have them do anything, riding a little bicycle, well, whatever. <laughs> I got you. I got you. This is a great idea. He's wearing season. a little hat with a little pinwheel thing on top. <laughs> that would be droll. Yes. With a detached <laughs> mouth coming out. <laughs> you head to the hospital, and uh, as a, a nurse behind the desk, um, small hospital, like two floors. And uh, what do you say? With flowers in hand, um, it's like, uh, um, Excuse me, uh, my, uh, my uh, cousin of mine, not by blood, but very much related, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sanchez, I believe in your care. I'd, I'd just love to be delivering these to him, if, I, if you'd be so kind. And she looks and says, uh, Sanchez, uh, see, see, uh, and gives the international sign for one second. You see her walk down a hallway and she uh, talks to another nurse. And they're talking, and they look up at you and Margot. And then they go back to talking. And then she comes back, and she says, uh, he, uh, Yes, he is, um, he is down here, um, uh, just waking up um, right this way. Uh, Excellent. And she walks you down a uh, hallway, and uh, there's like a glass window and into that room. You see Professor Sanchez lying there, and, I mean, he looks horrible. There are, like, burn marks all around his mouth where, you know, whatever did this to him latched on and most likely put this larva inside of him. And he's just, like, heavily drugged for pain. 
Mm-hmm. Sanchez. Um, I'm just wanted to see how you were doing, sport. Yes, I am alive. Thanks to you and your friends. It seems as if it was all a nightmare. But now that I see you, perhaps it was real. They say I'm going to live. And I thank God for that. Yes, indeed. Thank whoever you wish, but... uh... Glad you're still with the living, Professor. Yes, I was only just curious, uh, not, not to uh, mm. not to drag your mind back to the uh, horrid event in question, but you said it was a, a man that did this to you. What? Yes, a man. He he put his mouth on my mouth. Mm. Came out of nowhere. Get a good look at him, did you, before he, uh, gave you this, um, wretched little kiss? Hey, my memory is full of holes, but though it happened fast, I do remember his eyes, piercing blue eyes. Yes, as you mentioned. Perhaps a mustache or a beard, but it was hard to say because his... His mouth was not a human mouth. It was like a a lamprey eel, but three times the size. Teeth everywhere. It it couldn't have been real. No, man. It's just the fear talking. But think think back. Before before your fear unseated your reason, think back to that face. And you tell me if it resembled this. That's when I'll... We'll produce Margot's... Rendering. And he's like, Yes. Yes. El Diablo. Whoa, really? That was him. That was the man. His mouth was not like that. But that was the man. Calm yourself. Uh. Are you positive? Yes. Do you think he is the one that killed Miss Rizzo as well. Poor Miss Rizzo. And he starts crying. He's like, she had a whole life ahead of her. And he starts coughing. (laughs) Machines. Boop, boop, boop. If that's so, we damn well better have eyes in the back of our head for going up the mountain with with that. So I look down at the drawing. He is... He must be what they say he is. I've never believed in these creatures, these ancient gods, or any such folklore. But perhaps, perhaps they are real. If they are, you are in great danger. We're in great danger without resorting to a forest fairy tales, old boy. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for all of this. 
Your mind has been so steeped in these dusty old books, and you're seeing it everywhere you turn. Yes, we perhaps. Won't, we won't let Mendoza give us the runaround. Don't worry. Perhaps you are right. But I believe things now I did not just days ago. You saw it. You saw that thing crawling on the floor that came out of me. There are there are dark happenings going on under our noses. Yes, I, I, I don't precisely know what that thing was, but... Uh, there are all sorts of... Uh, uh, strange beasts in this hemisphere that, um, that I'm not aware of. Cigarette? Are there, are, are there any, like, books at, at, at the local library that are about this folklore? Oh, f- fairy tales. That is all. The newspapers will tell of the deaths that people claim to be caused by this Garisiri, but it is not real. Journalists do not take this as truth, so no one has ever dug deep. Very well. Will you rest now, Professor? Yes, sorry. Sorry for the fright. I am tired. Wait. As you're starting to walk out, he's like... This may seem foolish. But the nursery rhymes they tell of these creatures is that they cannot die like normal beasts. That if you cut off their head, they will still walk and reattach it. They must be burned or dismembered or they will continue to haunt you. This is what they tell the children. But perhaps there is there is truth to it as well. Yes, well, thanks for the sweet bon voyage. Um, yes. We'll keep that well in mind. Margot adds one more machete to her list. And his eyes just close. And we'll see after this quick word from our sponsor. And now we're back. And what seemed like it would be a fruitless conversation with uh, de Mendoza may have given you a little, little information there. Uh, up until now, everyone... You know, not even in the scientific community, but in the journalists, people like uh, Elias and, and this professor, they don't take this stuff seriously. Um, they have an interest in this, but their interest in is like, what is the truth behind these ghost stories? What is the truth behind these local legends? But now he's seen something manifest. To the, even though he was attacked by it, he's still not 100% sure, but he, he does remember these things. He does remember seeing a huge mouth and teeth. But he still thinks maybe it's a nightmare. But he does say, the fairy tales say, cut their head off and they'll still get you. Gotta burn them. They're gonna be burned or dismembered. Hmm. So you've got a bit of a situation here. Anything else you want to do on Sunday? 
Yes, I would say we should probably purchase, I don't know, lamp oil that we could mm-hmm. like tear some cloth and make a torch and light it up. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that will burn like that. Um, high proof alcohol. High proof rum. I mean, I don't know if that'll last the whole trip, though. I know That's people aren't going to drink group. lamp oil. That, that, so That was already on Vaughn's <laughs> shopping list for different days. <laughs> they have two jars of heroin. They've only been here three days. Do uh, they have, like, waterproof matches and stuff? Because now, outside of lamp oil, like, something to make a fire in case we need to burn a body, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think Vaughn is a chain smoker and has a, has a, awesome. a lighter. Zippo, a 1920s Zippo. A little trench lighter. So Margo buys a second machete. You guys get some lamp oil and uh, just make sure you have things that can uh, catch catch fire. And uh, Jackson, if you see him at all during the day, he's just, he checks in with you and you can see he's kind of fired up. Even though there's danger, like he, you can tell he kind of lives for this. He's like a gonzo journalist. He likes to be in it. He wants to know exactly how it all works. And uh, for months now, he's been on this trail. And now tomorrow you're leaving. So uh, maybe that gives you a little bit of hope because there's a lot of fear surrounding this. Um, but he seems pretty excited. Yeah, I think Vaughn is a little similar. Where like there's a, there's a lot of fear, but it's it's like. The limit experience of it is 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 thrilling. It's like see something that people have only seen in dreams. So many so many people are frightened of to see <laughs> test all these wild theories, put them to the test of reason. Yes, something to that. Although we must keep our eyes open for there's no two ways about it. We're going into the jungle or up the mountain with a murderer. Carter just walks up to Vaughn talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't know how we did it. Carved that ring out of the poor girl's chest. Uh, there must be some strange jungle disease. Vaughn, buddy boy, you like hey, that. hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Everything all right, ma'am? God, Tillinghast, don't take this the wrong way, but I never get used to seeing your face. <laughs> um, I mean, at this point, it's some of the least horrific things we're talking about. So at this point, I've never felt more comfortable. Yes, well, have you ever come to grips? Have you ever come to grips with a man telling you asked? You've ever had your back against the wall and had to use one of these? He pulls out his little, his little, his pistol. Um, my, my, uh, past is shrouded in mystery, uh, sometimes even from myself. No, you um, need not tell me everything, but it might, it might come to it, old boy. We're going well, into some very remote places with someone I don't uh, trust a league. Or yeah, if we're just now, being now look, to I know that you were uh, overseas, you know, fighting that great war. Um, everything okay now? You feel level? I mean, we already got to worry about a potential vampire guy here. I just want to make sure, you know, we can trust you too, right? You're going to keep it together? Of course, old boy. Everyone calm down and have some heroin. <laughs> 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 yeah. Also, you see, for a second, Vaughn is probably taking you seriously. Like, uh, mm, no, r- right, of course. Um, no, no, no. I assure you, Dillyhas, it's these, it's these dull, quiet times that make me feel as though I'm going mad. It's when, uh, it's when uh, 
things start picking up. When the hurly burly's up, that's when that's when things become clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, I got these uh, potatoes and spicy cheese sauce. It's a Peruvian delicacy. Uh, I looked it up before I got here. You gotta try one of these, man. They are dynamite. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and so Sunday passes as well. Your third day in Lima and your last night. And you wake up bright and early Monday morning and we just see like a montage of all of you packing up your things, getting ready, looking at yourself in the mirror, primping, cleaning yourself, getting ready. And then one by one, convening outside of your hotel, along with Mr. Jesse Hughes, as far as you'll need to refer to him going forward. And you head in the direction of the Hotel España. You get there and you see three trucks are there. Maybe it's like quarter of eight. Uh, And they're there. They're ready to go. You also see Augustus Larkin. He looks light years better than he did when last you saw him. Hmm. He's got a a crisp white suit on. Um, Perhaps the same suit he was wearing the other day, but now it is pressed. Uh, He... uh, his hair is done. His shirt is all buttoned up. You can't even see a little bit of the tattoo sneaking out. His sleeves are down so you don't see his his uh, blackened arms and blackened veins. Uh, he looks fresh and uh, he waves to you. Hello, hello, my my companions. Are you are you ready? You're, you're, you're here on time. Uh, I'd be lying if I uh, said I wasn't worried uh, that you wouldn't show up at the last moment until I saw you with my very eyes. I uh, I just can't believe this is uh, this is coming to fruition. Um, Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, just, just, uh, just going over some uh, last few things with the men here. I'll be with you shortly, uh, but uh, don't go anywhere. We're, we're going to be boarding up in about uh, twelve minutes, and uh, he starts talking to uh, the one of the drivers, and you don't see De Mendoza around at all. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, he finishes up with the driver, and uh, that driver goes and talks to the other two drivers, and he says. All right, wonderful. We are ready to go. You can, uh, you can probably three of you fit in in, in one truck, and then uh, two of you in another, or, uh, or or you could split it up any way you want. Uh, I'm going to be riding uh, uh, alone with the uh, with the first driver. You can take the other two trucks uh, because we have to talk about certain things along the way. Mister De Mendoza uh, will not be joining us uh, on this part of the expedition. I uh, oh. spoke to him uh, yesterday, and uh, he had some things he had to do in town. Uh, I think something may have come up with his family. He did not say as much, but that was the the feeling that I got. And uh, it's possible he may meet up with us later. But as I told him, uh, that uh, you know we we may already be out in the wilderness by the time he comes. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, uh, he won't. He won't be. He won't be joining us on this. But I'm not uh, too concerned. Uh, uh, I have the the five of you, uh, and you are all ready and and, and raring to go. So uh, yes, we we so, we're, we're all set. So he's meeting up with us. Oh, when? He might. He might meet up with us. But uh, as I told him, uh, you'll have to find us in Puno before we uh, set off for the overland journey, because by then it will be like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, So, 
If he chooses to, he will uh, leave tomorrow uh, and take a steamer uh, all the way down. And then the, the rails, uh, that's his only chance of, of reaching Puno on time. Uh, but uh, he, he has money and uh, he, could, he could do that. Um, it's unfortunate. I think he would have uh, really, really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed seeing the area. And I, I'm still holding out hope that he will meet us in Puno. But uh, unfortunately, he won't be joining us for this leg of the journey. Can you? I can't remember if you went into this when we first met, sir. But uh, how did you guys meet? How did you guys fall into one another? De Mendoza. God, I meet so many people. But I met Mr. De Mendoza uh, when I first came to Lima. And we just... We just really hit it off, and uh, I I was looking for some help, uh, and and he was looking for work, and so I just it was just seemed to be a match uh, that 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 worked. He, he you know I, I don't know how much you spoke to him the other night. I, he does not. He's a, a bit of a quiet fellow. Yeah, not uh, a talker. He, yeah, not a mm. talker. And and I will admit he is a, a bit of an irascible uh, fellow, but uh, him, he and I get along enough so that. Uh, uh, he was he was happy to work for me. Uh, I'm, I, I I am disappointed that he is not here for this because we've been talking about it so much. But uh, yeah, yeah, this who, seemed who like something he wouldn't want to miss. I yes yes yes. Well, that's why uh, well, I'm, I'm still holding out hope that he will he will meet us in in, in Puno. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he will not be uh, here. Luckily, we have a, a strong uh, presence like you, uh, Mr. Tillinghast. Uh, I think that well, you'll be able to, to, to help. And uh, charisma goes a long way. You know yes. What I mean? Well, uh, this this we, we need we'll need all of that um, with the locals when we get out there. It's a shame that uh, only uh, Mr. Hughes here speaks Spanish, but uh, I know everyone out there. We'll, we'll we will get by. But look at the time. We must. Get ready, please choose your trucks, and we will uh, we will set off for the adventure of a lifetime. And so, uh, how do you guys want to group up in these trucks? Mm. Um, I, I, I don't sit, care which I want to sit with Elias. I just want to sit in the front because I get car sick. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, all right, so you sit in the front of one of the trucks, and Carter, you want to go with Elias. Uh, yeah. What about uh, Favors and Vaughn? Now that Mendoza's not here to keep an eye on, um, uh, yeah, Villiers is, Vaughn is kind of bewildered and is like, I suppose I'll sit any old place. Well, who else is like with us besides, um, the people that like we know and have met? Are there like randos with us? Just three rando drivers. Okay. And the five of you <laughs> and Larkin. That's it. Nobody else has, uh, joined the expedition. Now you know that the professor wanted to, or had offered his services, but he was turned down. Hmm. Um, and then almost murdered. It's almost well, as if he knows too much. Perhaps he knows a little too much. Um, I think if, if at least we yeah. split up into twos, then we'd be able to ask the two different drivers. Yeah. Get some whatever information we can. Mm-hmm. Trying to see. Yeah, I have like mediocre like charm and stuff like that. Um, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and Fair Carter reasons. has some charm, so maybe it's split up Carter and Margot. Mm. All right. Um, so we'll say Carter and Elias are in one truck, Margot in another truck, and then Favors, do you want to go with Carter and Elias or Margot? And same question for Vaughn. Uh, I'll go with Carter and Elias. And okay. I'll go with um, 
Uh, Margo. Margo and Vaughn. Thick as thieves. Hospital buddies. Um... So you set out, and these, these truck drivers are pretty gruff, um, and you probably think they speak very little uh, English, but they can get by. The journey uh, by road uh, is approximately 800 miles, and it's going to take three days to get to Puno, traveling down the coast to uh, the city of Kamanya before heading up into the Andes Mountains and uh, across into the highlands. Um, you know, the other way that he was suggesting is that you take a, uh, you know, had you decided, no, we're going to go our own way, or maybe this is the way that de Mendoza is going. You take a steamer from Lima uh, via Molendo, uh, and then you can take the rails. And it's faster, but it's a little more expensive. Um, and Larkin is footing the bill for this, so it worked out. Uh, and then in 1921, uh, there are no commercial air services between uh, Lima and Puno. Um, if this was a pulp game, though. You could technically hire a private airplane. But this ain't pulp! Although it's a little pulpy. I would say... Uh, it's semi pulp. Yeah, some pulp. Can, uh, can, mushy. Um, Just mostly mush. Yeah. <laughs> um, some pulp. Uh, can we get it? Is this would it be a spot hidden or something to peek in the back of these trucks? What sort of provisions and equipment has Larkin provided? Oh yeah, that's a good question. You know what I'm going to do in the meantime is I'm going to show you uh, the sort of route, the suggested route here um, that you're going to go. So you'll see Lima. And then there's the city of Pisco. And then all the way down uh, is Camaña. See it? And then Mm -hmm. once you hit Camaña is when you head uh, east over to Puno, which sits right on the shores of Lake Titicaca. And then from there is the general area where he says the ruins are. So you see what that route is going to look like. Um, It's a three-day journey by car to get to Puno. And then it's probably the same length uh, by foot to go just that small distance to wherever the ruins are, and that's assuming you go directly to where the ruins are, and you all have kind of concerns about whether or not that's possible, although you feel like those fears have been a a bit assuaged by Jackson. Um, So there's, like, digging equipment. There's um, shovels and uh, tarps, tents, lanterns, blankets... Um, there's, uh, equipment that, uh, pack animals, uh, would, would carry. So saddlebags and other stuff, everything that you would need for an expedition. And most importantly, nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. Yeah. The, the music is very non-confrontational. I think, I feel like right. this is a very peaceful. <laughs> it's a beautiful very, uh, NPC town. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, during a large portion of this, uh, car ride, um, Carter is just talking off Elias's ear, just like being being like, "Look, I know you're writing this book, uh, and I know you need a protagonist. And I know originally you said you're not going to do nonfiction, right? But just want to see should you shift into fiction. Um, you know, again, you're going to need a strong lead character, kind of a rake, kind of a somebody the audience can get behind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but I had some probing questions back there about how long." Uh, that uh, Larkin knew de Mendoza. I mean, how you know, I was asking other questions along the way. Yes, yes. I sat, I sat in a bar for a while. Um, oh, are you just... thinking he's taught you? Oh, you're suggesting you. 
Yeah, I think I think right now, I mean, look, you got that guy that was in the war. Great. He's handsome. He's cool. He's got an interesting accent. But you want somebody that's that's gritty. You want someone with boots on the ground. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, and yes, yes. So I'm not going to push it so much right now. And then, you know, no. 10 minutes later, he's like, now listen, if chapter two in the book starts. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells you, he's like, Mr. Tillinghast, I actually uh, began uh, as a fiction writer. I, uh... I, my interest in, in, in dark stories began by reading them and then writing them. And then as I learned more about the world, I found out that uh, a lot of these uh, dark stories had uh, even darker truths attached to them. And that's why I went the nonfiction route. But I'll tell you, there's something about all of your stories that makes me want to go back and, and, and dabble into fiction. Yeah. And, and uh, in he- terms of dark truths, let's talk commissions. Because that's something that a lot of people don't, you know, I think a lot of people try to, you know, I'm not going to say 40%. I'm not going to say that right now. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, if, if I'm able to finish my book uh, on this journey, you will all be uh, thanked in the uh, in the afterward. Oh, oh. okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, that's. Um, I guess that's kind of meeting in the middle. Um, <laughs> it's not cash. But it's no, uh, or, or or being featured uh, anywhere in in the uh, subsequent pages. But uh, oh, yeah, well, we, we, we got a long ride. I got a we'll lot figure of it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, taking a look around, is there like how, do we notice that that he's packed any weapons or like what sort of uh, how is, how have they prepared for this? Yeah, as opposed so, to us. You don't know if Larkin's packing any heat. Um, you didn't see any guns or weaponry uh, in his office. If anything, Demendoza uh, was his weapon, if, if the the uh, rumors are true here. Um, if you ask Elias or if you just look on his person, you don't see that he has any weapons. Um, let me see. I'm curious because I actually have his character sheet. Um, I'm curious if he's packing anything here. Uh uh, no, he does not have any... Oh, no, he does. If you ask me, it's like, well, I'm, I've never had to use it, but I always keep a, a forty-five handy on journeys like this. And so he's got a forty-five revolver. Uh, I, I don't imagine I'm going to need to use it, but uh, when you get deep out there into the country, I want to be protected if any wild animals come after us. Now with all this other stuff, I'm glad I brought it. What uh, uh, what animals have you encountered? Oh, there's hyenas and leopards, snakes, all sorts of shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> hyenas? Yeah. Hyenas, See, you say? If hyena fucks with me, I'll shoot him with my revolver. <laughs> Tell you what? Tell you what? <laughs> I don't mess around with hyenas. Um... Yeah, no, I I, 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 live in New York. Uh, everybody has guns, um, but coming on a trip like this, it's just it's smart. And now, seeing where we're heading here, I'm glad I brought it. I also, the subject matter that I study, it's 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 best to have some protection. But um, truthfully, if if it if it came to blows, I don't even know how useful I would be. I'm thankful to have. Uh, all of you along uh, seeing what you were able to do when that whatever that was uh, attacked Miss Ferus here I, I feel uh, I feel a lot safer having you on my side mm-hmm. he's like the most likable guy in the world um, <laughs> uh, you've only been with him a couple days and you just be like I want to hang out with this guy all the time <laughs> um, 
give you a little some... background on Puno, just so you have a kind of a picture in your mind's eye. Puno is is small, much smaller than Lima, about twenty thousand residents, um, and it stretches back from the shores of Lake Titicaca up into the overlooking hills, uh, and the more pros- prosperous areas are the ones that border uh, the lake. There are even little islands on the lake where uh, people have residences. Uh, the majority of the buildings in Puno are one or two story structures made from stone or brick and the streets they line become increasingly narrow and more maze like the farther uphill one goes. Maybe Elias is kind of regaling you with these stories of Puno so you know what to expect because there's a, there's a bit of a culture clash uh, between uh, Lima which was is kind of on the rise getting a little more cosmopolitan and Puno which is still very... Uh, it's not like uncivilized, but uh, it's a little little less civilized. Uh, the center of the city has a broad plaza ringed with greenery and trees overlooked by uh, the Cathedral Basilica of St. Charles Borromeo. Um, the countryside is all farms, and so when you leave Puno to go south, you're probably going to be going through a lot of farmland. Um they also raise alpacas, and he said that this is where he found uh, these artifacts was from uh, an alpaca farmer had had these artifacts that his grandfather stole from the alleged pyramids. Um, not a lot of tourists in Puno in the 1920s, um, so Elias warns you that you're probably going to get some looks because they're not used to seeing uh, people like you, uh, and uh, Carter and Vaughn uh, especially make it extra looks because they're white men. And those people who uh, believe in the legends of the Kasiri might give you might make the sign of the cross when you walk by. Uh, Elias says he's seen that, and so don't be offended. Um, that's when you just... got half a face, people are doing that anyway. Doesn't matter what country. <laughs> it's true. You notice that a lot in Lima, actually. Every yeah. every time. Oh, yes, me. Everyone's so religious around me. It's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, it, yeah. on the trip, like. Uh, like, so what's your theory, Fräulein Sauer? <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> what is the, the pronunciation thing? Sauer, so, it, was, it was never much good. Fräulein. Yes. Fräulein? Frau? Frau? Brow? German is her third language. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're saying something in German. I thought you were like making fun of my scowl or something. Frown lines. lines. Frown lines. This is how I remember. It's a mnemonic device I use to remember German words. You Americans Um, are just crazy. Wow. (laughs) I was curious about your theory about what it was we saw. What the, what I the mean, devil was that thing that slithered out of that man? It was a giant maggot. <sighs> but a giant ma- Well, she maybe says it a little quiet, and she's like leaning. She doesn't know like <laughs> the driver looks. What the driver <laughs> can understand? Just kind of looks good. Just a so, sir. Um, do you take this this drive often? Uh, no. 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 Do you talk? Do you talk a lot? Do you know English? Mm, no. No. It was definitely a giant maggot. I regret to say that I've seen a f- my fair share in my time. 
I never known one to grow to that particular size. I mean, I, I saw them in... When I looked into the mask, the mirror, also the maggots. What? Yeah. I saw you reel for a moment when you when you looked at that thing. Fraulein. Oh, I didn't tell you. Fraulein. Never mind. Am I pronouncing it wildly incorrectly? <laughs> That's not how they say it in Germany. <laughs> this is not how we say it in Germany, but you know. I'm- Close. <laughs> I love that you thought he was calling you Sour Frown Lines. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. What the fuck did you say? My last name was Sour, too. <laughs> it's not the, not, the fir- not the worst culture clash I've had with a Bosch. <laughs> no. Yeah, you have, have you told Bosch. them what you saw in this mirror? Yeah, yeah. I imagine I told you, at least at the bar when we were talking and filling okay. in Carter. Um, yeah. But you now you're making the connection, maggots. You said maggot, and you're like, actually, I. Then there were the maggots I saw in the mirror as well. Just this thing that I I cannot place yet is the the blood orgies. Just <sighs> was was it the mask? Was that me? Was that me projecting onto the mask? <sighs> what do you think? I don't speak English. Oh, not me. (laughs) Oh, no, let's hear your theory. No, I don't understand. Driver, driver, what do you think about blood orgies? I do not understand this sad-looking, frown-lined woman. (laughs) (laughs) In the other truck, Carter's turns to Feroz is like, I bet you they're not talking about shit up there. I bet you that truck is boring as yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, they don't gonna... have the heroin. So. You know, this one time in Berlin, it, there, there was no blood involved. But, you, never mind. Anyway, okay. I just cannot place as a blood orgy. I'm... I, can I tell you, Troy? I just rolled, rolled a psychology, and I rolled a 14... Which is four above my my uh, my my actual skill, so I'm just going to go ahead and foolishly spend the luck <laughs> to get under it to make my so so. I will attempt to actually like so Villiers like. Uh, oh, Frau Fraulein, I think maybe when you. Looked in that thing. It was, it was, it was what, what you might call a fearful trigger. Hmm? Your mind is telling you what you're afraid of. You'd seen a horrible thing come out of that man, and you saw it again there. As for this um, bloody orgy, uh, well, I don't. I can't say I know where that comes from, except to say that um, uh, Human desire is a great mystery, and perhaps uh, it's showing you something, some... Uh... You think I dream while I'm I'm awake? It's perhaps less common, uncommon than you might think. I think we fool ourselves into seeing all sorts of things, and this is what explains most of the hung bugs in the world that you hear talked up these days. Have you never seen anything weird before? I've seen a great many weird things in my time, Fraulein Sarr. 
and not one of them needed a vampire, a devil, or a god to explain them. Well, I saw what I saw. The reasoning, I'm not too sure, but I don't know. I really hope the Mendoza doesn't meet up with us. I certainly yeah. hope so as well. Yeah, very strange. I might keep my eyes on you, since that's the sort of vision that I think came from your own mind. <laughs> so you keep your eyes on me. <laughs> well, make sure to give you something to look at. Hmm. <laughs> And you can see him just like like looking at you quizzically throughout the rest of most of this journey. And the driver is the most sane person in that truck. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you've shared some of this with Elias, and Elias maybe brings it up uh, in the other truck and says uh, this this vision that your friend had. It's very very strange. I I feel like I'm being taken on a journey I wasn't expecting um, you know there are I have read of cults performing uh, you know using s- mixing sex and death um, I, I don't know what is going on here um, but I think we're going to find out a lot once we get to this pyramid um and you continue on your journey. And uh, eventually, as you start to, like, maybe around day two of this, um, the altitude starts getting to you. Um, you have to get adjusted because you're going up into the mountains. The climate's a little better. Lima was hot and sticky. Here it's cool and really cold at night. Uh, but the altitude's getting to you. So uh, everybody give me a con check uh, uh, to try and uh, avoid getting altitude sickness. Ooh, oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, con is good. All right. All right. Nice. I rolled a 50 under 80. All right, so you're you're good. Um what about uh Carter? Yeah, I rolled a 32 under <coughs> 70. Oh, great. No altitude sickness for you. Uh Fraulein Sauer? I am good. Uh 31 under 60. Guys are rolling rocks. Ross, are you sick? I'm sick as hell, baby. I rolled 65 over 50. Oh, you got some altitude <laughs> sickness. Uh, I'll tell you what this means. is like until you adjust to the altitude, uh, any physical check you make is going to take a penalty die because uh, you're just like Oof. a little heady. Um, mm-hmm. But tomorrow you'll get another chance to adjust. And it might be when you get into town, you could ask the locals like if this really is bothering you. Like, yeah. can I... Is there any way I can avoid this? Here, uh, have some heroin. Here, yeah. <laughs> you know what they say? A little heroin will just rub it right on your eyes. Uh, the poppy, nature's cure-all. <laughs> um, so you you may notice, uh, Margot, or you may not, because you're weird, uh, that Vaughn <laughs> seems a little <laughs> seems a little sick. Um, he just got like he's yeah. very pale and. Uh, Green around the gills, right. yeah, and you probably you maybe notice him like bringing out this little like just folded, stained 
piece of paper from his breast pocket and sort of like unfolding it and like looking at it, reading it and putting it back and almost like and rubbing it almost for security. Yeah, she turns around from the front seat. Maybe she's fine because she knows her limits and is sitting in the front seat and she's not carsick and she's prepared. I don't know. She turns around, she smacks you and she goes, fun, fun. We're mm. almost there. We're almost there. Aren't you so excited? Also, yeah. look at this view. We're so high up now. This yeah, is jolly good. truly <laughs> the monkeys, <laughs> the monkeys eyebrows. Yes, cracking. What do you think? Yes. Yes. I'm sitting in the catbird seat. <sighs> so the monkey's eyebrows. She's like trying to like take a swig from a hip flask to like <laughs> like just clutching his head which is pounding. She turns to the driver. She's like, I'm going to teach you German so we can talk to each other. Fraulein. Fraulein. The driver uses what little English he knows to say I can't wait till this drive is over. Uh, <laughs> and he eventually uh, pulls in after three days' time. You get into Puno, and it's uh, it's nice. It's actually nicer than you thought it was. It seems like a uh, like a vacation spot, um, but all the the buildings are very modest except for uh, the you know the church and. Uh, the hotel, uh, but even the hotel, like the nicest hotel in Lima, uh, this is just like very, very small. You think that there's maybe six rooms in the whole place, and uh, Larkin hops out, and now Larkin looks a little beat up. Um, and you imagine if he has been using, uh, he ha- wasn't using on this three day journey, and so he's uh, he looks a little rough, a little rough, kind of like he did at the end of dinner. And he's like, well, I, this, this is, uh, this is it. We were, we we're halfway to our destination. I don't know about you, but I am, uh, I am exhausted, uh, from, from that road journey. And, uh, I, uh, I am just going to check us all in and, uh, call it a night. Obviously you're free to do, uh, whatever you like. Although, uh, having spent some time here, uh, I can tell you this is not a place to go, uh, bouncing around i would stay in the hotel uh there's this food and uh drink i just wouldn't uh, wouldn't wander here at night uh it's a, it's a bit lawless uh, uh when, when when compared to lima uh but i'll check you all in and you can just go get your rooms and uh tomorrow we will get up bright and early uh and we will begin our trek uh to the the pyramid actually we'll we'll, we'll probably have to leave in the late afternoon so you'll have some time to yourself uh, during the day just please uh, meet me by uh, two o'clock ish Um, I'm going to go uh, in the morning and gather all uh, the the, the pack animals that we'll need and just the rest of the supplies so two 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 thirty at the latest and we'll 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 head out there I hope you feel better and she kind of gives like a very not subtle wink at it thank you <laughs> and then slowly backs away <laughs> without turning her back towards him thank you and you see him go in the hotel and he's just talking to the woman and looking over his shoulder you guys and, and talking some more and then uh, he just waves and gives the motion like you, you guys are all set when you want um, the driver's uh pull in and, and begin like unloading the supplies and whatnot and uh, Jackson comes over to you and is like uh, 
He's not wrong saying that this area isn't the safest, but I know people here. I think we'll be fine. And if he wants to leave at 2.30 tomorrow, I say we go speak with Nayara now. It's still early. I'm, I'm not surprised hearing what you said that he wants to turn in. I think he's probably going to go ride the dragon. But for now, I say we use this time to uh, speak with my friend, and you can ask any questions uh, you have. So, capital well, idea. Let's 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 go. And uh, so, he takes you uh, outside of the city on foot. It's a little bit of a walk, um, and you do, uh, Carter and Vaughn, get dirty looks uh, from everyone you walk by. Uh, some of the older people like stepping back in shock. They're just afraid that you are. Sorry, Siri. Um, other people just give all of you looks because they know you're not from here and they're not used to seeing uh, foreigners. Uh, so he takes you to uh, this area up in the hills just above Puno and goes up to a house and knocks no answer he knocks again still no answer and then there's a small little hut next door and a, a neighbor pops his head out and like waves at Jackson and, and he waves at the guy clearly they know each other and he gives you the I'll be right back and goes over and speaks to the guy and the guy's like pointing and, and talk while he talks to Jackson and Jackson's talking to him in Spanish so none of you know what he's saying but uh he comes back as the neighbor goes back into his house and he says, I, uh, I, I'd be lying if I wasn't, uh, concerned this may have happened. But, uh, when I, when I first came here and began, uh, you know, getting to know the area, getting to know some of the locals. And I, I, I met, uh, this Yatiri as they call, them, a healer, wise woman, Nayara, um, she became paranoid as we kept talking that someone was watching her. Every time we would meet, she was always looking over her shoulder. She believed it was the Kari Siri because we were speaking of the Kari Siri. And so she thinks that just by mentioning them that they're going to know. And uh, now I feel like a fool dismissing her fears so callously having seen what happened to Professor Sanchez, so I, I, I even ignored her paranoia. But her, her neighbor, her friend, who, I, who I've met, uh, he said she, she has moved on from here, and she's staying with friends on uh, one of the uh, floating islands of Lake Titicaca. I'm going to leave it up to you. I believe we could get there tonight. It is still early, and... Uh, she would show us wonderful hospitality. We'll find out everything we need to know and then sneak back to the hotel in the morning and Larkin won't be any the wiser. The other option is we go back to the hotel and we never speak to her. Um, I feel like it would be worth it, but I, I want you to feel comfortable with the decision as well. Um, this would be a, a, a little bit of a trek. We'll get there by by nightfall, but I, I, I feel very close to this woman, and I feel like she would welcome us with open arms. Do you think like we should send some people and keep some behind? Like, is there anything else 
because th- this would take up all of our time here. Is there anything else we would want to do here? I mean, that's up to you. Uh, Elias seems to think like we're good. Um, better that De Mendoza isn't here. Um, the only wild card right now is Larkin. But it's going to be, as far as you know, the five of you and Larkin making the rest of this journey. Larkin has already said, if there's any supplies you need to get, buy them. He'll give you a receipt. But you guys are pretty loaded. You've got your weapons now, just in case you need them. Uh, you've got your heroin. Um, you're pretty much set. What else do you need uh, when you're in Peru? Have h will trap. <laughs> yep. Um, so, I'm, yeah, Carter's, yeah, Carter's down to, uh, I feel like, the more we know... Yeah, Feru's always. She has to know, mm-hmm. as a general, Gosh. that's her. That's her thing. So, I don't think she would ever pass up the opportunity to meet her yeah. and find out. I think at this moment, every time Vaughn is still, the headache starts to grow from the altitude. It's like, just keep it moving. Uh, fresh air and all. Can't seem to get enough breath. Yes. You let's okay, go. there, V. You need a little nip of that. That smack we got? <laughs> Maybe you know what you know what's helped me in the past is you wouldn't you, hurt. You put a little you put a little dab on your fingernail. And I know it's liquid, it's not gonna stay there long. Just give it a just give it a quick boop, 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 Stick it in your belly button and swirl it just, around. That's yeah, it'll get there eventually. Yep. Yeah, eye drops. Just oh, keep putting it on different parts of your body. Something's gonna we'll absorb it at some point. All just these into consideration. Not in the ears. Hmm. Right. So you Down give on various membranes, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you all give the uh, the obviously paranoid vet horrible advice, um, and then head off with Elias towards Lake Titicaca. Um, the neighbor said that she is staying on one of the small islands there. Um, Elias knows his way around, so he takes you on these dirt roads. Uh, the sun's starting to set. He's like, we, we need to move with haste. I'd like to get there before the, the sun sets. And he's, he's all jazzed up. This is like, this is his adventure. Um, he's like, well, Mr. Mr. Tillinghast, perhaps I will get back into fiction. I feel like a, I feel like a real adventurer now doing this. The nighttime, uh, romp into Lake yeah. Titicaca. Perhaps yeah. you're onto something. Plus, plus it's the 20s. You get a way to write the word hidden without getting censored. That's always fun. Just That's keep always talking fun. about the lake. Yes, yes, I shall I shall name it that. The the the, the mystery of Lake Titicaca. I knew come. I knew you were gonna come around. You can write the nonfiction too. You can be, have a foot in both worlds, you know what I mean? But there's a there's an appetite for this. I and I am and my appetite for it is growing. And it is for you four as well. This is great. I'm glad you're all here. Come. It's getting late. And he takes you there, and there's a dock, and he talks to the uh, guy on the dock, and he's you can tell he's bartering to try and use his boat to get across. Um, and the guy is haggling with him, and finally agrees he'll row you across uh, to this island where uh, he believes Nyara to be. Um, so you hop in the boat. Everybody roll a spot hidden. Ooh. Nope. I rolled something good. I just don't know what I... What, where is my... Okay. I don't 57 know. under 75. Okay, that's what a regular success. Hidden. I rolled a 16 under 75. Dang. That is... Is that oh, extreme? No. Shoot. It's not. It was like one point off from an extreme. But it's hard. A hard success. Yeah, yeah hard success. 
Great. Uh, Rob? Uh, I rolled a hundred. Again. <gasps> uh, that's a that's a bumble. A stumble that's a, bumble. That's a fumble, yeah. <laughs> that would it's be a, a stumble it's a bumble. Bumbly, or a fumble. <laughs> uh, the kids call them stumble bumbles. Two hundreds yeah, in one session, that really amounted to not a, not a lot. It's because you put the heroin in your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's I can't see shit. <laughs> Clouded your vision. <laughs> I only see my own irises. It's weird. Well, you can see from the inside. Those, those of you who passed, um, as you get to the dock, there's more people around, okay? Um, it's a little, like, small village within the city. And uh, you all get the feeling that you're being watched. You didn't have this feeling at all. You felt like you were getting dirty looks. But as you get here, you just feel like every time you look, like somebody's staring at you, but you're not sure. You get onto the boat and you start to take off. And you're floating out in the water. And Feruz, you just see like a a middle-aged woman with a young boy just staring at you. just kind of nudge. Well, uh, I guess since Rob can't see... <laughs> you nudge his bad eye, his bad side. <laughs> I'm gonna nudge, gonna nudge Marco. Just, do you, what? Uh, do you see that? She, like, darts around very conspicuously, I guess. And do, do and I get the I, feeling... Like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and then, I guess, on shore... Yes, he's the people. Is this, is this like a, what are these foreigners doing here, Stare, or is this like a creepy? Well, you all got that sense of, like, people were watching you, and you did get those dirty looks, and even you got those dirty looks. Obviously, Carter and Vaughn got worse looks, yeah. uh, more superstitious looks, but this moment, as the boat's taking off, you're kind of looking at uh, all the people milling about, and you just see this woman and this little boy just staring at you like they you they got caught staring and it's something just very unsettling feeling watching mm. all of you and then they turn away and disappear into the little village what was that all about what <laughs> you fall off the I, boat and drown yeah, I drown <laughs> I can't see my own arms to swim oh, we are like quite the, the gaggle of uh, individuals. That's true. We were getting stairs earlier. Just something very unsettling about that. Mm. That child should have been in bed hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Agreed. <laughs> that is definitely what is wanting. creepy about that. <laughs> <laughs> you just float along. Your youth is when sleep is most important. you float along the water and and you're making good speed this guy's a pro you travel for about two miles um, and you see all these little islands within Lake Titicaca and uh, all the islands the, the larger ones have little villages within the islands as well small huts very very uh mundane but people milling about and they're watching you as well so it's kind of like it's got this apocalypse now kind of vibe you're just like going through and seeing all these little almost look like tribes watching you and eventually you make a landing at a small island 
that has maybe nine huts. And as you get off the boat, you notice there's like a lot of people um, packed in to these very small huts. Um, families with several children, um, men, women, young, old, um, and they all kind of get up and walk towards the boat as you are all disembarking. And uh, Elias gives you a, a, a hand as if to say, let me, let me handle this. Um, and he walks up to speak, and as he does, the uh, guy on the paddle boat just fucking turns around and leaves you there. As was planned. He's not spending the night. And Elias speaks to them in Spanish, and you hear him say Nayara's name. Uh, and uh, a middle-aged woman, maybe uh, 50s, early 50s, um, points to a small hut that's like in just off the center of where all the huts are gathered. So Elias gives you the come, come with me, and uh, you just walk through this crowd of people, and they they barely move to let you go by. They're they're looking at you, just like, what is going on here? Who are you people? And Elias walks up to the hut and enters. And right behind him, you come in and you see this old, old woman with like uh, white hair just sitting on the uh, the dirt floor of this small hut. There's a bed. Uh, there is a, a table with a, like a shrine on it. It's burning some sort of incense. Uh, and she's just sitting on the floor and she sees Elias and, and her face just lights up. Uh, and, and she goes to get up to hug him, but he, he waves her off and, 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 and hugs her instead. Um, and then he's in Spanish. He, you can tell he's introducing you. He's like, these are my friends. These are friends. They come, uh, in peace to, to learn of your, of your wisdom. Um, we have many questions. Um, may we sit, and she says, yes, yes, yes. I'll, uh, I'll reveal uh, what she looks like on the uh, roll 20 so you can see. Oh. About mid-70s, uh, wrinkled, bright, lively eyes, though, even though she looks uh, very old and like she, she's seen some shit. Uh, she laughs. She's got like an infectious laugh. Jackson says something to her funny, and she just... <laughs> Um, and he says, "I'll, I'll, uh, I'll speak to her and uh, and then translate what she says. But I'll imagine that you can uh, hear her voice, so he's not just doing that this role play where I just say something in Spanish and then have him translate." No, no, I think that's how this should go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here you all have. This was just like Pathfinder, be like you can all comprehend languages. Mm-hmm. Um, she first says ah and and she uh, reaches behind her uh, to where there's, there's this bag and uh, she offers something to uh, Jackson to give to you Carter um, like food and oh. then hands them out to all of you it's, oh. a, it's just like it looks like jerky and this is um, 
this is uh, something that we eat. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. She Should wants we do to it see now? us now, or yes. Yes, 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 yes. See, see, see. I suppose it would be uh, rude as a, as a guest. Yeah. See, see, grass, see. Grass, to, yes. To decline. Okay. I just give a little nod and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take a little bite. Down, yeah. down the hatch. And you, you start chewing on it, and it's it's just dried wood. <laughs> and she just starts slapping her knee and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> And Jackson's laughing too because he got her once. Uh, she got him once for the old dried wood jerky bit. And she's just. <laughs> she's like choking. She's laughing so hard. Uh, and she's uh, <laughs> just, just crying and laughing. And he's like, I mean, she's. She's she's a she's a trickster. She gets a real kick out of this. Just just go with it. Don't need any more of that though. It's 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 toxic. I, I like this dame. She's cool. Mm-hmm. And he asks her a question, and she says, uh, "I know an old story about how a, a ancient and evil god." fell from the sky and landed here in Lake Titicaca. It crawled out and brought hunger with it, devouring all that it touched. The trickster hero, Ekeko, told the evil god where the most nutritious food could be found underground, showing it tubers and grubs. Ekeko convinced the god from the sky, tempted by the food, to crawl into an old armadillo burrow. He then placed stones over the burrow, trapping the god down below. Ikeko then returned to his people and told them that this was now a sacred site and they should go and build a temple over it. And he bound that temple in place with spells worked in gold. The god from the sky still lives under the temple to this day. And those who know of it are wise enough to know to avoid its tomb. All of us here in Puno do not go near, but we also never forget this place is the pyramid that you seek and Jackson just shakes his head and says to you and then translate to her as well he's like I I had always been quick to dismiss the more fanciful aspects of Nayara's stories when we first met. But now I wonder how much truth there is in her myths. What questions do you have for her? Honestly, I heard gold, and then I'm assuming everything after that was just nothing threatening or terrifying at all, so I'm good. I just hear this gold. You heard the Spanish word for gold. Yeah, I've learned that in my time here. It doesn't take me long. I feel like I want to ask about 
the vision from the mirror mask in a way that won't freak her out, potentially. Okay. How do you word it to Jackson to translate to her? Um, so I'm thinking Jackson already knows because we talked about it at the bar. Um, so I just say, like, I want to... Like, all of this seems connecting with, like, this evil god and with the grubs underground and, like, seeing the maggot and that guy and then seeing the maggots in the vision and then there's these pieces that don't have any connection yet, like the blood orgies and the dancing. Well, did the maggots Um, seem like the worm that we saw in your vision? It was a similarity to them, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to say with oh, those were exactly it, but it it, it it seems too convenient that you were fighting this gross-looking, slithery, larvae-like maggot and you saw uh, an explosion of maggots in your dream. Yeah, just, like... I feel wary about saying that, like, we saw a golden mask and we looked into it because also, like, the treasure from that place with it being sacred... Yeah, you don't know, maybe somebody stole that from there. But, like, at the same time, if anyone's going to believe a story like that, it's her. She just told you uh, that they believe in God trapped another God, and they built a temple over it, bound the God in place, spells worked from gold, and now no one goes near there. And that's the pyramid you seek. So I think if anyone's going to be hip to what you're throwing down, it's her. I guess just, like, tell her that and that we saw it in a golden mirror mask. And can you elaborate more, maybe? She closes her eyes as Elias translates this. And her eyes pop open wide. I have seen the same things in my dreams as well. Perhaps these maggots come from the god who sleeps beneath the temple. Perhaps this pyramid is the same one from your vision. Maggots feed off the dead. I pray that you keep your life so they do not feed off of you. Do you think she would know anything about the gold that we saw and that was written in the in the journal? Um, maybe Jackson says, should I show her the, the, the piece that I took? Yes. Yeah, she, she holds it, takes it from him. And she's like, this... This is part of something greater. Perhaps this was part of the ward that held the god in place. If so, it must be returned. It must be returned for... If the seal was broken, he could get out. And then he just, she quickly hands it back to Elias like she doesn't even want to touch it. What 
And what does all this have to do with those Karasiri chaps? Are they connected to this subterranean god from the stars? He mentions the Karasiri. She says, Karasiri. Karasiri comes from the words we use for carving something up with a knife. The Karasiri are known all over from Peru to Bolivia and beyond, although their names change from region to region. They say the Karasiri is a man like you, points at you, Vaughn. White man with a wide-brimmed hat. He walks at night with a long knife that he uses to butcher people and steal their body fat. Sometimes they say they use drugs to extract their fat or magic or strange tools, leaving their victims to die slow, lingering deaths. The stories I have heard firsthand tell of a Karisiri who sucks the fat out with his mouth like some kind of human leech. And I'm looking now at uh, at Margot as as we're hearing that. I have a photo of Trinidad. I took a picture. I don't know if Lima had anywhere for me to develop it. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, I mean, I would say this is your jam. This is your expertise. You're an artist. You 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 deal with this stuff. I think you do have something you could show her. I sh- yeah. Show the photo like this. She says, "Yes, I have seen many who have looked just like that." Perhaps, perhaps you are in danger. If you have come across Karisiri, they are watching you. And it is only a matter of time before they try to take you as well. There are some who believe that it was the conquistadors the conquistadors who brought the Karisiri with them and then used them, used the fat that they stole to grease their weapons. Some would say that the conquistador priests would use the stolen fat as holy oil for offerings to their dark gods. All I know is they are real and they see all. Is there any way to protect yourself against these things? Act first. Do not travel alone at night. And always burn the bodies. But, in my experience, those who encounter Karisiri do not live to tell. Well, that's encouraging. 
Jackson says, I... If there's nothing else, uh... Naira, can... Can my friends and I, uh... Spend... Spend the night here, uh, would be good to see you uh, once more and, and I want to speak with you uh, they found this journal and uh, we we are heading in the direction of the pyramid we have someone with us who says he knows where it is but all of us are unsure if he can be trusted do you think based on your knowledge in this you could give us an approximation of where this is and she just very she gives the kind of nod that is like I don't want you to go there because you won't return but if that's what you want I can help well it sounds like we have to uh, unfortunately return some of the gold to the temple instead of going there and uh, removing it Um, so I think that should be hopefully incentive enough for her and Jackson is like yes yes if if what she's saying is true then returning that will be important but we're all going to do just fine without going against customs here anyway we should we should let her rest Um, and you can see she's weary from even like talking about this seeing the picture of Trinidad so thank you for your time. Thank, thanks for the wood. Thanks, a good one. For, thanks for the dried wood jerky, you trickster. And uh, Elias, uh, maybe her one of her daughters or her cousins comes and and offers you uh, space. Wouldn't have been as nice as the hotel, but there are there are beds that you can sleep in. Um, there's a, a, a hut for uh, the women and a hut for the men. Um, so Jackson will uh, stay with Carter and Vaughn and Margot and uh, Feyruz are given their own quarters as well. And you're just sitting in these rudimentary huts on an island in the middle of Lake Titicaca. <laughs> Carter's like, I'm, I'm having some, I'm having some trouble, um, I'm having some trouble finding the sink. Um, and the toilet? Is there? It must be. There's a there's a toilet hut. They point to some bushes. Ah, shit. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's exactly what's those potatoes I ate three days ago. <laughs> Am I the only one who feels as though his head's been given a once over with a croquet mallet? God. Yes. Ever since we came up here. Yeah, poor Vaughn's got the altitude sickness. <laughs> and eating wood. And eating wood. That didn't that didn't help at all. No. Um, I feel like Margot's excited to be with Feyruz because talking with Carter and Vaughn, they try to write off everything as like hocus pocus. And I feel like Margot like doesn't fully believe every single thing she's hearing, but like also knows what she saw, knows what she has a photo of. And is like starting to put pieces together, maybe. I don't know if they're supposed to fit there, but like, like saying, like, what is with this, um, this, this expedition where we are on to like get this gold, but then we keep hearing that the gold is what is protecting everyone from this 
the sky god. I don't know. Maybe, like, what what if this is all true and they want us to take the gold off to release this god and then the world ends? (laughs) Well, it would seem if anything bad was happening, it's already happening. (sighs) I feel like we're in the middle of it. And I just wish I knew what I spent my entire life trying to decipher what these things mean. The fact that I can't tell what this thing means yet is just driving me mad. Here, I'll show you. And I start, like, flipping through. I bring out, like, my mom's journal. Look at this. And, like, I I start flipping through just rudimentally. And as you progress, it just gets more and more rambly. And then it just becomes indecisive. And then it just becomes symbols. This had to have been something. I still can't find out what this means. Did you write this? No, no, it belonged to my mother. Oh. But I spent my entire life trying to figure out what these sort of things... If there's a code for something, what it all means. How it connects to everything. And the fact that I can't figure out what this means. And that everybody just speaks in hushed tones about it. And strange devil men are trying to kiss you and then implant worms into your insides. Uh, Les, they all do. It is very frustrating having all of this happen in front of us, in front of our very eyes, and have it all just washed away as myths and fairy tales. Poor Trinidad. They're going to cover up her entire reason for for dying and then she'll never get a proper I don't know yeah they're going to be looking for some regular murderer somewhere yeah there has to be a reason eventually you guys get tired Um, the road journey left you weary and you know that uh, the rest of your journey to the pyramid site, assuming it exists, is going to be nights out under the stars in maybe even less comfortable places like you are now. So you eventually all fall asleep. And you're just troubled by these ghost stories of that Nayara told stories of the gods fighting each other and wondering how much truth there is to this just leaves you all racked with nightmares imagine Margot having this dream of like being in an art gallery and there's a bunch of people standing around a painting one of your and you know it's one of your paintings and they're all like uh, talking about it and 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 giving their opinions on it and you just slowly walk up seeing them giving their opinions and then you turn to look at the painting and the painting is just a a 10 foot tall canvas covered in writhing maggots ew ugh yep that would definitely be awful awful dream and Feyruz maybe you have this nightmare where you're like walking down a hallway looking for your mother 
and there's just doors and you're opening one door and she's not there then you walk up and you open the other one you just hear your footsteps don't quite match the speed with, with which you're walking so the echoes of the footsteps are louder and out of sync with your actual footsteps and then finally you get to the last door and you push it open and you see your mother standing from behind and then she just turns to look at you with her arms outstretched and instead of a face she just has this long larva like the one that attached to your face and it reaches out toward you Carter you have a nightmare where you wake up in bed and you're inside that hut but you aren't you're somewhere else and there's a mirror nearby and you look in the mirror and your face is whole again and you hear a sound outside and you walk in the direction of that sound and you see that all of Lake Titicaca is on fire and then Vaughn you have a nightmare of being back in a foxhole somewhere and you're you're trying to load your gun and 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 your your sergeant or your commander is like yelling at you and you just hear sounds of bullets and you're you're trying to get it together trying to get it together and then suddenly the the gun starts to like melt onto your hands and it starts burning your skin and you see your skin melting into the gun as well and it starts traveling up your arms and then you feel it throbbing in your head a pain worse than the altitude sickness And then, all of you awake to the sounds of screaming. And you've been having nightmares all night, but you wake up and you look over, and Carter, you see Vaughn, Margo, you see Feyruz, and you all hear screaming coming from outside your hut. What do you do? Pop up, run to the flat. I run towards it. But, yeah. uh, you know, weapons. Pistol. <laughs> yep. I grab Is it one scream or is it like many people? Multi- it sounds like uh, 20 people are screaming. Uh, it's blood-curdling screams and yelling. Machete. Knife. Two guns. Elias gets up as well. And you go outside and you look outside of the hut and you see the bodies of several of the villagers just lying Uh, eviscerated on the ground men, women, children some of them are fighting with some other people and so you can't quite tell it's like you're in this haze of like who is who is attacking who because you didn't even get a chance to meet all these people and know who's who uh and 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 all of the bodies on the ground have massive holes on them that are just <sighs> pouring out blood and the blood is pooling onto the ground and rolling all the way into the lake and then your huts were right next to each other you see stepping out into the moonlight in front of you that middle-aged woman and that young boy that Feyruz saw on the docks except something is very wrong with them because 
Their mouths aren't normal mouths. Their mouths have extended outward into a huge circles with a double uh. row of ring teeth around the circumference and a long tongue that's sticking out. And they go to attack you guys! And we'll see you next week! <laughs> no, I don't like it. I don't like long it. I don't like it one bit. That's what we do in Chaos Dance. It's amazing. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.